I just found out today that I missed a celebration this weekend. And I am so bummed. Saturday was Earth Hour. Earth Hour was Saturday night. Now, what they want you to do is for an hour on that day, turn off your lights. I normally celebrate by turning all my lights on. Every possible thing that has power, I turn it on to celebrate Earth Hour. And I missed it. So, and I forget, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I didn't have every possible power device on Saturday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. So, <laughs> this Saturday, I'm celebrating Earth Hour. And I'm going to have my own Earth Hour. But <sighs> maybe I'll just start celebrating today. And every day for an hour until next Saturday, I'll turn on every possible device I can think of to celebrate Earth Hour. Because I can. And that's what makes this planet great. So we have to do, take care of that this week. And then next year, of course, it's March 27th or March 26th, 2022 is Earth Hour where we all can turn our power on for an hour. Now that's exactly opposite of what the Worldwide Fund for Nature wants you to do. And that's exactly why I want to do it that way. So if you missed it, if you missed it, if you like me missed Earth Hour this past weekend, at least set your clocks for 8.30 p.m. Eastern this coming Saturday and turn all your power on. Uh, every possible device that <laughs> can be turned on turn it on to celebrate earth hour. Okay. So I want to apologize. I'm very sorry. And I'm very disappointed in myself. I am more disappointed in myself than you right now. I know. I know. <sighs> Welcome to chewing the fat. As long as we're clearing the table, we might as well wrap it up with saying I missed National Vietnam War Veterans Day yesterday as well. And I am serious that I, I am bummed about I actually am bummed about that. Uh, my father-in-law, who, if you don't know, uh, lives with us and he is a Vietnam War veteran. And some of his stories I have heard well, multiple times. Many of them. But he was on the front line in Vietnam. He was in the 1st Infantry Division. I mean, he went where no man had gone before at least American military and uh, some of his stories are incredible I mean incredible and at some point a smart man would you know get these stories written down or at least recorded I am not a smart man you know that <laughs> uh, I mean, some of these stories of him during the Vietnam War is amazing. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who were in the Vietnam War. It's National Vietnam War Veterans Day. And uh, he absolutely tells stories of his service members who gave the ultimate sacrifice. And he came out of it 
uh, alive and and well. And uh, anyway, just thank you. Thank you. Okay, so what's the deal with wind? I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Uh, we have the President of the United States falling down a uh, falling down on some stairs as he was walking upstairs, blamed on the wind. We have the Evergreen shipping company, uh, the thirteen hundred foot shipping container ship that blocked the Suez Canal blamed on wind. Now we find out, and I don't know why I didn't know this already, but the cargo ship was in another crash a couple of years ago in Germany. It crashed into another ship, a smaller ship, and the captain was found, you know, it wasn't his fault. Why? The wind. (laughs) Okay. I mean... If we, and I realize that, you know, a couple of years ago and then this year, a lot of ships have, you know, sailed the ocean blue without having problems, but it just seems that we're starting to use wind as an excuse just a little bit too much. Also, there's something that happens. I didn't realize they talked about uh, the evergreen and it blocking the Suez Canal and the investigations. And we talked about how they are. You know, it's possible human error, mechanical failure, weather-related accident. But it also uh, highlighted what is known as bank effects, which can pull or push a large ship close to shore when it's navigating in a shallow, narrow channel. You would hope that your captain, uh, who you have piloting your ship, would be able to handle that, wouldn't you? Yes. Yes, you would. So, Vice President Kamala Harris was giving a speech. I don't know where. I really don't care. I just love the fact that she can't get through it without her agonizing laugh. And they're calling her the Joker. No. No, 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 no. She is now the giggler. Okay. That's, there's a new, I hate to call her a superhero, a new anti-hero, the giggler. And this is what it sounded like. More people are seeing that, yeah, affordable childcare is a big deal. All right. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to <laughs> bring their kids <laughs> and said, we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> oh, just agonizing. But my point in, well, besides letting you know that that's her new anti-hero name, The Giggler, you can understand that she's frustrated. Now, it's been more than two months since she was sworn in as vice president of the United States of America, and they still have not moved into their regular housing. I know, right? You'd think, wait, she hasn't moved into the regular house at the Naval Observatory where the vice president lives? Yeah, no, it's under construction. I'm sorry, undergoing renovations. So you can well understand how she's, you know, getting frustrated, right? She's stuck at 
temporary housing, which is, you know, the Blair House, which is the presidential guest quarter house just across from the White House. And you can imagine she's she's not happy. She you can't you you can't be happy about being shrugged off to a dump like the Blair House. Sure, it has some comfortable accommodations. You know, antiques and museum quality pieces of American history. Deck the 100 plus rooms Blair House. And sure, there's a gym and a private hair salon and a full-time staff of more than a dozen. (laughs) Oh, but you can understand how they're unhappy about living in a dump like that. Right? I mean, before they moved into the Blair House, they were just living in a condo on the uh, west end of Washington, D.C. So, I mean, you can see. I mean, I don't even know why they just don't move back to the condo. Because how could you get by in the Blair House? (laughs) It's a dump. Especially when you're looking forward to getting to the Naval Observatory House, right? I know Biden loved... Uh, you know, saying that you're on 80 acres overlooking the rest of the city. You can walk out and there's a swimming pool. And we know Joe likes to walk out to the pool naked all the time. And well, at least up in Delaware, he does. You can ride a bicycle around and never leave the property, work out. And the White House is just different. You know, it's a, it's a compound at the Naval Observatory. Now, actually, it's with it's got several separate buildings and offices unrelated to the residents. It's only... 72 acres all right it's not 80 acres there joe (laughs) okay and i know that the you know the pool is a great thing and it's all under construction uh it's it's under some sort of uh some sort of renovation that's going on um i the pences said uh they left the residence rooms set up the same way that biden had it before them they just like the layout and they didn't have to bother with it. Well, you can understand after the Pences live there, um, it's, you have to restore it. You can't, you can't live in a place like that without, uh, fixing it up, especially after the Pences were there. Ooh, oof. Plus, you know, Kamala likes to cook. And it says here in the article is just the kitchen is such an important part of my life. And I just, I just love the time I get to spend in the kitchen and have family gatherings. And it's just a meditative and relaxing quality of cooking up family meals. Is it Vice President Harris? Is it? Now, she claims that hubby is now, you know, cooking because she just doesn't have the time. And she said that, uh, you know, it takes Doug uh, four hours in the kitchen to do what she normally could do in an hour. But you know what? It's delicious, just as delicious as if I would have done it. And so I just have to be quiet and let it happen. (laughs) No one believes that. So I have a question for you. How would you like to be able to say, I'm just so happy I got moinked?
That is the sound of sizzling bacon from moinkbox.com. If you could see it and taste it right now, you would go to moinkbox.com and order it. You can, you can, you can hear how good it sounds. I've seen it. I've tasted it. It's delicious. You got to go to moinkbox.com. Okay. So Moink delivers grass fed and grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken and wild caught Alaskan salmon direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised outdoors, their fish swim wild in the ocean, and moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk you find in prepackaged meat. You know, the stuff you get from the meat aisle. And until you actually sit down and eat some moink meat, you don't realize what you've missed by getting that prepackaged meat aisle stuff. Go to moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. It's amazing. If you go to moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now, you'll get a year of ground beef for free. And then pick what meats you want delivered uh, with your first box. And you can change what you get each month and you can cancel any time. I, I was amazed at what I had been missing. You think that it's, you know, you're getting what you think is so good in the meat aisle and it is not moink meat my friends it is not moink meat so moink was founded by an eighth generation farmer you may have seen him on shark tank i don't know i know uh uh, mr wonderful said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted and uh you know i tend to agree with that (laughs) yeah i know moink meat listen they guarantee you're gonna say oink oink I'm just so happy I got moinked. You know what? Oink, oink. I'm just so happy I got moinked. Join the moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. Sign up right now and you're going to get that free ground beef for a year. One year of the best ground beef you'll ever taste. It's for a limited time. Go to moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. M O-I-N-K, Moink, Box, B-O-X, com, C-O-M, Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, Moinkbox.com, slash Jeffy. So I know I've talked about it before where I drive around and you see places and wherever you're driving around, you see a place and you go, ooh, man, if I was ever homeless, I could live there. Now, you don't want to, obviously, and I don't want anybody to be homeless, but it just it's something that you think about and you think oh yeah man if i didn't <laughs> if i had to live you know without a home i could live there in whatever place that is well we know california is you know have an overwhelming amount of homeless people and really big cities all over the country have a real problem with the homeless every day but these people in in san francisco are genius genius now, they, people don't think that right now, but they are. So they found two people who had made their own cave in an embankment up underneath one of the, one of the bridges in San Francisco. Um, genius. What do you need a, a tent for? It was a 20-foot-long, 3-foot-high cave. Now, I would have made it a little bit bigger. 
personally, if you're going to make me a cave, I need it a little bit bigger than three foot high. And I need to make sure that we have some, you know, some reinforcements, some security, because you never know when a big rainstorm is going to come. It could fall in on you. You want to, you want to make sure that you've got some reinforcements along there. So they called in the police and the fire department and had to get these people out and called it a rescue operation. I mean, they made it themselves. They're comfortable with it. We saw sleeping bags and backpacks and clothing and other items being removed from the cave. Uh, yeah, that's where they were living. Duh. So then they, I mean, they shut down traffic while they were removing this couple's belongings. Um, why? There's homeless people all over. I mean, tent cities and tent sidewalks and tent embankments all over California, including this area, by the way, around San Francisco. But somebody decides, you know what? I'm going to live in a cave. My wife and I, my girlfriend and I, my daughter and I, I don't know the couple. We're going to dig a cave and we're going to live in the cave. Genius. Genius. That's housing, my friends. That is, I mean, that's where we got the housing in today's world. People didn't want to build. Uh, people didn't want to live out in the open. So they dug holes into the dirt to live called caves. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, this is genius. And I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see this more and more if it's not already happening around the country. Because if I'm a homeless person, especially now, that I, I mean, it's an awful lot of work. I mean, you might want to move in with somebody that can do a lot of the work while you oversee it. I'd be, a, I would suck as a homeless person. <laughs> There's no question in my mind. Yeah, nah. Um, you want to dig that cave? No problem. You need to make it a little bit bigger. We need some reinforcements. I'm happy to go with you to pick out what we need for it, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing any of the digging. Yeah, no. Uh, you do that. I'll, I'll be out here. And I'll make, you know what? I'll stay here and make sure nobody sees you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, you know, I'll make sure that you, you know, bring in the right, the right sleeping bags and the right blankets and what we need in our cave. But uh, right now I'm going to be out here. I'm going to be out here making sure you're safe while you're digging it. Okay. But I say it's genius and that's a, it's a good move for this couple of San Francisco. Yes. Making your own cave. <laughs> All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately here on Chewing the Fat today. Oh my gosh. That is so good. You know, if you're listening live today on the, what is it today? The 30th, the end of March 2021. Uh, huh, wow. The end of March, 2021. And if you're hearing this show right now and you are not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, what are you doing? You're just a freeloader? You're just freeloading, listening on somebody else's device, on somebody else's platform, listening to this show? I mean, thank you for listening to this show and thank you to the person who's a subscriber that turned you on to this show. But how about you not be a freeloader anymore? Okay. Choose whatever platform you like. You don't have to necessarily pick the one you're listening to now. You could pick iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Spotify. And then you could subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And then you're just, you know, you're a freeloading subscriber. And everybody loves freeloading subscribers. 
nobody likes just a freeloader. Okay? I mean, the people in the cave found that out. You can't, you gotta disguise it. You can't let people know. And if you have to disguise being a member of Chewing the Fat, okay. I don't recommend it because really it's, it's good to be a subscriber to Chewing the Fat and your life will be turned around just like that. So I was thinking at one time, starting to be a, you know, a female influencer on social media, but, uh, I, I got beat to the punch. So this Japanese social media influencer as a young female influencer had thousands of followers and has now come out as a 50 year old man. Now he goes, he's got like 25,000 followers and he revealed that he was a 50 year old man who was using a photo filter and he came out that, uh, you know, he was using a face app and he was, uh, you know, turned into this biker chick influencer. So a lot of followers were raising concerns about his identity after his reflection in the mirror of some of the pictures that he had posted. So he came out on a, on a TV show and said, yeah, you know, I just, I became, uh, I began, I started posting as a female in order to attract more likes and followers and you know, I started using this retouching software on photos because no one wanted to see this 50-year-old man, but social media users wanted to see beautiful women. Now, despite this revelation, most of the people are like, yeah, you know, we're fine. No problem. We already knew he was a guy. I mean, it makes it better. It makes it better now that he's, now that he's come out. Yeah, this is a 50-year-old guy, but I like his post. He's funny. So he beat everybody with a punch. So congratulations to Soya no Sohai Asakakukaki. Wait, what? Azusagakuyakai. A-Z, I'm not saying that name again the way I said it the first time. A-Z-U-S-A-G-A-K-U-Y-U-K-I. Exactly. Pretty sure that's what I said. So... For a class assignment, a teacher posted a photo of two females, one with white skin and red hair and another with black skin and black hair. Students were asked to observe what they saw in the picture. One unnamed student responded by saying he saw just two people chilling. The teacher called the student intentionally coy for not categorizing the women by their race. Now, the video footage shows the Virginia public school teacher, and they, in the story, it says bullying. I mean, I guess he's bullying a student after saying that, you know, he takes a colorblind approach to observing people. How dare you? How dare you? And this is what the critical race theory is doing to students in schools today. I love the kid. Uh, I don't know who he is. Obviously, he's the unnamed student. But uh, the teacher confronts him about, you know, what he has to say about the two people in the picture. The story behind this picture, um, I'd rather hold on to that. Just tell me, tell me what, what this seems to be a picture of. Ah, uh, okay. It's just two people chilling. 
just two people. There's nothing more to this picture. Yeah, there's two females back to back. Okay, we got it. Nah, not really. Just two people chilling. <laughs> I don't believe that you believe that. Um, I don't believe that you look at this as just two people. Um, I don't think truly it's just, just two people, though, people. Is it not? Yeah, but I think you're being. I think you're being. Um, I think you're being intentionally coy about what this is a picture of. What are they being coy about? It's two people standing back to back in a picture. Yeah, and that's all you see is two people. I, I'm I'm confused on what you would like me to to speak I don't, on. Uh, I don't think you are. I'm with the teacher on that. I don't know that. why you do this. Um, I'm not trying to call you out, but you could you 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 know. Yeah, you are. That's exactly what you're doing. To talk about what this is a picture of, and you act as if as if you know there's nothing noticeable about this apart from the fact that two people. Well, I'm confused. Are you trying to get me to say that there are two different races in this picture? Yes, is that what you're yes. Well, at the end of the day, wouldn't that just be feeding into the problem of looking at race instead of just acknowledging them as two normal people? No, it's not because you you can't not look at you can't like, you can't look at the people and not acknowledge that there are racial differences, right? Oh, okay. Is that it? We can't look at it and you can't look at the people and not acknowledge that there are racial differences well yeah you can but in today's world you can't you have to acknowledge that there are racial differences and you have to acknowledge that you are at a lower level than the other races in whatever picture you're looking at Uh, i'm a white guy if i'm looking at this picture with two females one black and one white uh then i am the lowest person on the planet uh below them clearly that is true and look you can't be colorblind anymore period i mean miriam webster even said that uh they changed their little explanatory note to its definition of the word color dash blind uh the term means not influenced by differences of race and especially treating all people the same regardless of race colorblind can also have a racist connotation wait what yes the race related sense of the word can be used with positive connotations of freedom from racial prejudice but it often suggests a failure or refusal to acknowledge or address the many racial inequities that exist in society. You know, that's the problem. I mean, if this kid was right, I mean, you just want him to, you want to, you want to have the division divide, divide, divide. I mean, I feel like that's just a, that's a, that's a thing we talk about every day now and we don't have to, I mean, I, I probably, I'll get away from it because it's, it's really driving me personally insane. And I, I can't, I can't believe that we spent so much time on this planet, in this country, in this country in particular, getting away from division, getting away from uh, the racial, what the perceived racial inequities and doesn't matter now, doesn't matter because that's wrong and you can't go through life uh, looking at people without seeing racial inequities. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, you can't even have a dog named after a rapper. 
anymore, especially if it's a police dog. <laughs> so Oregon Police Department had a canine police dog that they named Lil' Kim. Now, the dog was given the nickname Lil' Kim as a reference to her smaller size as the littler dog, and they started, uh, you know, calling the dog Lil' Kim. And, of course, that's the stage name of Kimberly Jones, the Grammy Award-winning hip-hop musician. And, boy, we cannot have that. <laughs> no, sir, my friend. No, sir. The Bend police chief, Mike Krantz, said, no, uh, the canine will now only be called by her actual name, Kim. Now, I don't know if that's going to be good enough. But if we're complaining that someone has the police department, not just someone, I'm sorry, not just someone, the police department has called their canine dog Lil' Kim and that was unacceptable. Wow. We are in deep trouble. And remember. I know, even in this story, it talks about, it's a, it's a reminder of how police dogs were used against peacefully protesting civil rights workers and people of color in the 60s and are still used as a means of crowd control and intimidation today. Yes, they are still used as a means of crowd control and intimidation today. They are not used against people who are peacefully, like, keyword peacefully protesting now the civil rights workers and people of color were protesting in the 60s that's my point we've come or we had i thought come so far from there and yet we're right back in it so i don't want to hear about your 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 little love of your dog okay i want if you're if you've named your dog lil kim I don't want to hear it. And now I don't even think Kim is good enough because now you're calling the dog Kim means that you really are saying Lil' Kim. And so I want a new name for the dog, period. And I don't mean period because that would be negative against females any race. So, I mean, I, I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what you name the dog, but I don't want Lil' Kim or period. So come up with a new one and then we can move on and go about our daily lives. Please. Speaking of Lil, I see where Lil Nas X has responded to, you know, the Nike, hey, destroy the shoes. Uh, we're going to, you know, have a big lawsuit on you. I know that he had his uh, Satan shoes and, uh, you know, blood and it all came just promoting his video. Come on. He, you know, we, we complained when a musician doesn't go against the grain when the musician says i have to i read a book and i complimented the author and i have to leave the band and think about my horrible actions when we have a musician now that is going against the grain making noise that's what musicians are supposed to do and Lil nas x has done a pretty good job of it you all know his video now uh yep he was lap dancing satan and now he's got uh, Nike shoes that he's trying to sell, and he sold out of them. And Nike is saying, ooh, no. Now, had he gone to Nike, you know what? They might have made the deal. But he wouldn't have got as much press, right? So now 
Nike is shutting him down. He'll 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 get rid of him. Well, no problem. Sorry, it'll move on. He posted on his Twitter account saying uh, me after the Nike lawsuit, and there's a picture uh, from SpongeBob SquarePants, Squidward, uh, all dirty and homeless, with, living in a box with a, a pauper's cup sticking out of the cop. So he knows. I mean, he's gonna he's not gonna go broke fighting the Nike lawsuit. Okay, it's just a it's just a promotion, and it's all that's all it is. So be sure to get his, uh, you know, watch his new devil-themed music video for his song Montero, Call Me By Your Name. And, uh, you know, a little Nas X gyrates on Satan's lap. So be ready for that. Sure, the, he's not going to sell his 666 pairs of individually numbered Nike shoes. I mean, they'll, they'll shut him down. He'll make a big He'll make a big apology and it'll be all good to go. It's just incredible. And I know that, you know, we've had, I've saw, I've read so much stories about how, uh, you know, terrible it is. And then I read a big story about, uh, how Lil Nas X sexed up Montero video has changed everything for queer music artists. Has it, has it really? I mean, the guy is, that's pretty smart. He's just promoting his stuff. So I know you're upset. I get it. I get, I get the whole thing of, uh, you know, being uh, against God and Satan. I got it. I do. And I understand that in a completely unrelated story, uh, church membership is below 50% for the first time as thousands of churches have closed, really. And uh, it's just incredible. 47% of Americans belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque now. That's unbelievable how low church membership is right now. And I realize that Satanists are suing for religious right to ritual of abortions in Texas. I know that. (laughs) I get it. Times are bad. All right. We can't be colorblind. We're divided, divided, divided. And we're still going to be divided more because you're either with God or with the devil. And it seems like, and it certainly appears like more people are going with the devil. It's not good times. That's not good times, okay? It is not good times. I get it. But Lil Nas X, just promoting his album. So take it easy. It'll be okay. And be sure to say your prayers. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. If this country ever needed prayers, it is right now. told you she'd be okay uh news is reported now that sharon osborne is getting uh, anywhere from five to ten million dollars payout for leaving the talk so we'll see i would expect her to get a little bit more than that actually but if she walks away with uh you know five to ten million uh she'll be fine and according to the sources she gets to continue to speak freely we'll see about that uh she wants to wait to tell her story Uh uh-huh uh we'll see she'll write a tell-all or you know, it'll be the Sharon Osborne YouTube channel and she'll do her own, sh- her own show. Uh, good luck to the talk. Uh, good luck to the talk. Cause I don't think they're going to make it after this. Uh, they're going to need somebody that can anchor that show better than who they have now. Congratulations to Sharon Stone too, by the way. Uh, she's part of the show now almost every day. She's out hawking her book, 
the beauty of living twice and i'm telling you i now i I mean i have to read the book we got we got sharon stone telling us about the basic instinct story how she was tricked into doing that how she had a doctor uh give her a boob job without her knowledge and how now the latest story is how her grandfather uh sexually abused her uh, until she her grandfather died when she was 14 and she talks about how she went to the funeral and you know made sure that she was dead or made sure that he was dead at the funeral so i just want to be clear uh sharon you're doing a great job hawking your book don't give away too many of the good stories because i have a feeling those are the three right those are the good ones the rest of it's going to be and then i was shooting in paris and i and i just was so tired and i know you had the stroke and you've had you've had some tough times i know that but you are selling your book the beauty of living twice and it's doing i mean it makes you're making me want to read it i guarantee you that and you're making me want to interview you (laughs) i mean i i've reached out i'm hoping that sharon will come on chewing the fat i would love to talk to her about the beauty of living twice because we i want to know the basic instinct story again i'll see if there's anything new that she tells us i want to see if what happened uh if in the book she talks about what happened to the doctor that gave her the boob job that she didn't know about she woke up after surgery and said hey these look different yeah i just felt they needed some bigger breasts and they would look better with your hip size and so you know what i was already in there i figured i'd give you new boobs and then we find out that she was abused by her grandfather horrible if true horrible i have no reason to doubt that she's that she's not telling me the truth in her way to try to sell her book but i'm ready to read and talk to her about the beauty of living twice so good job good job sharon stone you've you've hooked me you've hooked me on wanting to read your book so when did the cdc become all powerful i just i want to know i just was was just wondering when the cdc became this huge all-powerful entity of the government did we vote the cdc people in no they were just uh, appointed there and hired from the people that were appointed there from people that we voted in oh okay that's how it works oh okay good because We know now that uh, the CDC chief has uh, said that impending doom could happen uh, at any time. Uh, The uh, CDC director said uh, Pfizer and Moderna coronavirus vaccines were 90% effective in preventing COVID-19 two weeks after the second dose. But despite over 51 million people in the U.S. being fully vaccinated, COVID-19 cases are back on the rise, are they? As variants continue to spread and restrictions are eased across the country, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky said she's worried of an impending doom if people don't take the necessary precautions to limit the spread of the virus. So wash your hands, practice social distancing, and consider double masking. Okay, I know that uh, she's actually following the playbook from our president who believes that we are still in deep trouble. And it's it's the world we live in now. And maybe someday soon we'll be able to get back to kind of normal. I mean, he told us in his his 
in his little speech there that maybe, maybe July 4th. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. I know opening day for Major League Baseball is this week. Uh, and uh, they're opening with a full stadium. Now, everyone's going to be masked, which is going to be great. But uh, they are opening with full full audience. So, you know, what, what you got going? America doesn't see the doom and gloom and impending doom. And the CDC has also said that, uh, you know what? They're going to extend the national ban on evictions through the end of June. Oh, okay, thanks. I mean, I, I agree with that. But I didn't know that it was the CDC's job to do that. I mean, we've let it happen. So I guess, you know, I guess it is, right? I guess so. And the other good news is that the White House has put a task force together to probe science manipulation under Trump. Right. Because science manipulation isn't happening under this president Is it? (laughs) No, 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 no. We're going to examine instances where the Trump administration may have distorted or suppressed science in critical government decisions with an eye toward creating fail-safes to prevent it from happening. Yeah, we don't want the truth out there. It is climate change, and we don't want suppression or distortion of scientific or technological findings. That's weird because we're already talking about banning people that are talking about things that are different from what you're saying. But is that banning and suppressing or distorting technical findings from the science community? Is that that? Oh, no, it's not. No, it's making sure that the truth gets out there. We don't want any misinformation. Oh, okay. I just want to be sure that I've got that right. Because, oh my gosh. It's just, that's <laughs> uh, just, I keep using the word incredible. And it's amazing and unbelievable. And those words don't fit anymore. I mean, I know that this, administration is doing everything they can to erase Donald Trump. Good luck. I mean, they're doing a pretty good job of it, but they are, you know, they, they're trying to erase everything. If it had Donald Trump on it, it's gone. We don't want anything to do with it, whether it was good or not. And of course, I mean, it, (laughs) uh, Donald Trump diminished the federal government's credibility with the public. Did they, uh, did he, uh, were they? Uh, no. Uh, you know, especially by disregarding facts to fit the former president's message? Really? Huh. Because you would never do that at all, would you, President Biden? You would never disregard facts to fit your message. <laughs> that would be right. <laughs> you mean, like you said, under Trump, the White House offered conflicting recommendations about the need for masks to fight COVID-19 and the severity of the pandemic. You mean like what Fauci did and still does for the federal government? No, you don't mean that? Oh, okay. I know that, uh, you know, he pushed aside, according to you, experts in government who sounded the alarm about climate change. Yeah, yeah, he did do that because he got us out of some treaties and some and some uh, uh, 
groups of people who were taking billions of dollars from us. <sighs> that bastard. I mean, we're erasing Trump as much as we can. I see where Fauci was interviewed on a CNN special where he took credit for the vaccine push. Um, he was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, never mind, uh, president Trump's operation warp speed. It was all, uh, it was all, it was all Fauci. Uh, he said, when I saw what happened in New York city, almost overrunning our healthcare systems, uh, really that's when it was overrun because our president sent a, an actual medical ship there that was, I, I, I want to say never used, but I think they did have, you know, a half a dozen patients because, uh, the governor and the mayor didn't want to have anything to do with Trump. So people were sent to nursing homes. You know, that whole debacle <laughs> where all those people died, <laughs> you know. But anyway, I know the narrative is being changed and I don't want to, you know, get any misinformation out there. So Dr. Fauci was, you know, made it clear that the decision uh, that was made on January 10th to go all out and develop a vaccine may have been the best decision he's ever made with regard to intervention as the director of the Institute, uh, in, uh, you know, the special COVID war, the pandemic doctors speak out. I'm sure, I'm sure that there were no, there were no distortions of scientific or technological findings or anything suppressed or anything changing of the facts to fit a narrative to that was there dr fauci no i'm sure of it Ugh. isn't it interesting also that uh on saturday the state lawmakers in new york agreed on a deal to legalize recreational marijuana sales for those over 21 14 other states with similar laws and they can make it official, you know, in the coming days. Um, it's estimated to bring in, I mean, they're estimating $350 million in yearly tax revenue, probably more. But it'll end up being less because they've got less people living there. <laughs> uh, yeah, more and more people moving out of New York. It's funny how that happens. But I do find it interesting that we immediately then get a study that talks about how marijuana is highly addictive now uh, a stat according to the story 10.7 percent of adolescents aged 12 to 17 became addicted to marijuana within a year of trying it for the first time according to this new study published in jama pediatrics and i get every study published by jama pediatrics now according to them that's comparable to the same age group's addiction rate 11.2 percent for prescription opioids. Isn't it interesting? Interesting that more and more states are making marijuana legal and are going to tax it to get money, but it's still illegal federally, and we're getting studies that say it's just as addictive as opioids. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? What else is interesting? Michael Douglas, 76-year-old actor, uh, is having short-term memory problems. And he claims in an interview with ARP Magazine, it's just Michael Douglas doing interviews with ARP Magazine, that hurts. But uh, he claims that his uh, short-term memory is not fine anymore. And he has blamed that over the years as 
marijuana use. Attributing it to, you know, his marijuana use. Now, he said, you know, during the COVID-19 period, he hasn't, he's been doing uh, much more couch potatoing, as he called it. And he's been shocked by his reduction in stamina. And he said his long-term memory is fine, but his short-term memory is not. And he used to blame it on pot. But... He said he's still got friends who have been smoking as long as he has, and they have fabulous memories. So he's researching it because he doesn't think that that's the issue anymore. But for a long time, it was. It was an issue. Uh, my short-term memory was just shot, and it was because of pot. But nope, not anymore. We've got to research it. Okay. All right. No problem. I see where... Uh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is, she's doing, she's on that, uh, The Prodigal Son. I see she came in as a, as a guest star on uh, the TV show Prodigal Son, which, you know, I catch. And, uh, and I enjoy it. But I will say, woo, Catherine, um, I love you. This is me talking here, just you and me. All right, I love you. But go easy on the knife. Uh, you're pretty close. You're pretty close to the three cuts to clown face. And I know that Michael is, you know, got short term memory loss. So, you know, his long term memory is fine. So he remembers what you look like, you know, before, just not what you looked like yesterday. So everything is okay. And he's pretty high, just sitting around the house, you know, smoking, smoking pot, waiting for Netflix to say, hey, you got to start shooting another season of the Kaminsky method. Okay. But just let me say, Catherine, again, I love you, but take it easy on the knife. (laughs) 